0: Thank you. It is good to be with you this morning as we enter into this time of ministry together. Last Sunday, I preached my final sermon at Faith Community United Methodist Church. Today, I preach my first sermon at Faith Community United Methodist Church. For my scripture text last Sunday, I chose 1 Corinthians 2.2. For I decided to know nothing among you but Jesus Christ and him crucified. The Apostle Paul, who wrote this letter to the Christians living in the city of Corinth, set the context for that statement about knowing nothing among the Corinthians except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He set the context for that in chapter 1 of the letter. Right off the bat, he chastised the Corinthians for getting so hung up on other matters besides Jesus Christ and him crucified. Right at the start of the letter, he called them out for the divisions among them. Some say, I follow Paul. Some say, I follow Apollos. Some say, I follow Cephas. And Paul tells the Corinthians that that kind of division, that kind of taking up sides, has no place in the church established by Jesus Christ. He laid it out for them right there in the first chapter of his letter, that Christ is not divided against himself, that no one else, not even Paul, was crucified for their salvation, that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ is the only thing that counts. All of it leading up to that great statement at the beginning of chapter 2, For I decided to know nothing among you but Jesus Christ and him crucified. So that settles it, right? In choosing my scripture text for today, for my first sermon here, I was informed that we are in the middle of a series called Firm Foundation. I thought, "No, I can work with that. What better way to start off a new appointment than by focusing on the foundation? I searched through some scriptures that use the metaphor of building a building's foundation and i was drawn to this one from first corinthians 3 for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid which is jesus christ the couple of verses before that and the couple of verses after that talk about building on that the foundation perfect Then I went back to the beginning of chapter 3 to get a sense of the context for this section of the letter. And here's the context. Here's what Paul was talking about in chapter 3. Verse 4, for one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos. Are you not being merely human? Verse 5, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? I thought we had settled that back in chapter 1. I thought that it had been put to rest in chapter 2, verse 2, for I decided to know nothing among you but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Here is Paul two chapters later going on about the very same divisions that he's been complaining about since the beginning of the letter. And I thought to myself, man, how messed up was that church? How bad were the divisions among them that he had to go on about it for three chapters? Well, let me tell you the corinthian church was pretty bad it was a mess really when we think about corinthians we usually the first thing that comes to mind is the love chapter love is patient love is kind love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude and we think what a beautiful church that must have been all of those Christians living in perfect, self-sacrificing, godly love with one another, oh, it would be great. No. No, that wasn't it at all. The reason Paul wrote that chapter is precisely because the Corinthians were not living in that kind of Christian love with one another. They were envious and arrogant. They were boastful and rude. They did insist on their own way. They did hold grudges. They did bicker and fight all the time. They did organize themselves into cliques and exclude others who were not like them. They made the church about themselves and everything else but Jesus. Paul wrote this letter to tell them that the church isn't supposed to be about anything else but Jesus. For I decided to know nothing among you but Jesus Christ and him crucified. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. There is no foundation for us to build upon as a church other than Jesus. Part of the division within the Corinthian church had to do with personalities and leadership. Paul keeps coming back to this idea that some claim Paul as their leader, and some claim Apollos as their leader, and some claim Cephas, Peter, as their leader. Paul makes the case that that the church isn't supposed to be about any of these persons, any of these personalities, that whoever happens to be the leader at the moment is not the focus. So in one sense, the individual person really doesn't matter. Verses 6 and 7, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth, so neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. In other words, Paul and Apollos, neither one of them is anything compared to God. Neither one of them could do anything apart from God making it happen. So why get hung up on Paul or Apollos, who both mean nothing? Get hung up on God. Get hung up on Jesus. That is what matters. There is another sense, though, in which the individual does matter greatly. We'll come to that in just a moment. In verse 9, Paul writes, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. That's where the analogy switches from farming to construction, up to now he's been talking in terms of planting and watering the church being a field that needs to be planted and watered. Now he switches to calling the church God's building. And then he goes on, according to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid the foundation and someone else's building on it. Let each one take care how he builds on it. Continuing with that building analogy, imagine with me for a moment a construction site. And the first worker to show up to that construction site is the roofer. The roofer shows up. No foundation, no walls. He starts putting together the best roof you've ever seen in your life where is it going to go What what good is a great roof if there's no building to put it on Likewise if the first person on site is great at door and window installation what are they going to install the doors and the windows into if there aren't any walls and if there's someone there building nice sturdy walls and then just setting those walls on top of the dirt all of those jobs are important But none of those jobs will make any impact without a foundation. Paul was a foundation man. Paul could lay a foundation like nobody's business. That's why God sent Paul all over the world spreading the gospel where it hadn't yet been heard so that he could lay the foundation for the church. A foundation that must be set firmly in place before any other part of the building can go up. That foundation is Jesus Christ. More specifically, that foundation for us is Jesus Christ and him crucified. The sacrifice he made. On our behalf, for our atonement, the price he paid on the cross so that we can be saved and made right with God. Apart from that, there is no church. Paul was the person that God called to lay that foundation in Corinth and so many other places. Apollos was the person that God called to lead the Corinthians after Paul got called away to go lay a foundation elsewhere. Apollos came to oversee the continuation of the building project, building upon that same foundation of Jesus Christ that had already been laid. And that's an important role too. Switching back to the farming analogy for a moment, Paul planted, Apollos watered. You can plant the healthiest of plants, but if it never gets watered, it's not going to last very long. This is why I say there is a sense in which the individual does matter. It mattered greatly that Paul and Apollos and all the others carried out the specific calling God had placed upon them. I was working at a church in Columbus while I attended seminary. I was not the pastor at that church. I wasn't the assistant pastor at the church. My job was basically to uh, be at the building in the evenings when there were outside groups meeting and watch over the building and lock up the building when everybody was gone. There was a big controversy riling up that church. At the time that I was there, there were people on both sides of a very divisive issue that were staking out their ground. There was a study committee formed to discuss the issue, try and find some kind of resolution. I was not on that study committee, but I did attend all of their meetings. I sat in as a silent observer. And as I, not- I-, I noticed in those meetings, through those debates, that, that the two sides were just, they were completely talking past one another. They weren't listening or hearing what the other side was saying, and I got so frustrated because I understood both sides, and I knew that the folks on both sides were faithful people, and I wished that they could understand one another the way I understood them, that they would learn to to listen to one another, but they were getting nowhere because all they would do was argue their position and discredit the other. Well, One evening I was vacuuming the narthex and as I was vacuuming the narthex I was ruminating about this situation and I was praying to God about it and I said, God, why isn't there anyone who can help these faithful people hear and understand one another? You know what God said? He said, that's why you're here. Well, that's not what I wanted to hear that wasn't the answer I wanted. But I had decided to commit my life to God. I had made Jesus Christ my foundation. I was learning to be faithful, and so I was obedient to God. I requested to speak to the study committee. Now, I'm not going to say that I resolved all of their issues for them. I didn't. But that meeting was a turning point, both for that committee and for that church. They 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 started treating one another as fellow Christians rather than adversaries. And very, very shortly after that, they came to an almost unanimous consensus on the issue before them. Now, there were still people that were unhappy. There were still people that left the church. That's going to happen. We can't do anything about that. My point is not that I did something amazing to save the church. My point is that God put me in that place for a reason, to use me according to the gifts and grace He has given me, and he has continued to do that in every ministry setting he has placed me in. On the one hand, it's not about me. I'm nothing. Jesus is everything. I know that. I'm good with that. On the other hand, it is about me. To the extent that God has created me and gifted me and graced me for a purpose, it is about me staying faithful to the call that God has placed specifically upon my life, being obedient to whatever he asks me to do. Verse 13 says, Each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. Each one's work will become manifest. The fire will test what sort of work each one has done. You see, this isn't just about how God is using me. It's not just about how God is using the other leaders of this church. Each one, Paul says, each one. This is about everyone. This is about all y'all. That's the plural of y'all, right? All y'all. God is using all of you to build upon the foundation he has laid for us in Jesus Christ. In another one of his letters to the Ephesians, Paul wrote, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That we... As in, we are God's workmanship, we are God's masterpiece. That we refers to every single Christian. Everyone who has been redeemed by Christ is given work to do on his behalf. We all, all of us, each and every one to whom Christ has revealed himself, has a part to play in building the house. Each and every person matters. I mean, not compared to Christ. Compared to Christ, you're nothing. Sorry to tell you that. But you're nothing. But even though you're nothing in and of yourself, in Christ, in Christ, you are a masterpiece. Even though you are nothing compared to Christ, still God loved you so much that he sent Jesus for you. He sacrificed his own son so that he could have a relationship with you. That sacrifice of Jesus Christ, that is your foundation. That is my foundation. That is the foundation of the church. That is the foundation of this church. That is the foundation that we must build on together. 1 Corinthians 3.10, let each one take care how he builds upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. 1 Corinthians 3.11, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. We all have a part to play in building up the church, but we all have to be building on the same Foundation. We all have a part to play in building up the church, but we all have to be building on the same foundation. If one house is built on two foundations, it's not going to be one house for long, is it? The house will split and fall just as surely as the ground causes the foundations to shift in different directions. There is only one foundation that is certain, unshifting, unchanging, unable to be shaken, and that sure foundation is Jesus Christ. I know that foundation was laid in this church long ago. You've seen many pastors come and go through this place over the years. Some you were happy to see come, some you were happy to see go. Probably not sure which one I am yet. (laughs) But let me tell you, even the ones that you were happy to see go, there were others that were sad to see them go, because each and every one of them is a faithful and beloved child of God. Each and every one of them was sent here by God for a purpose. Each one of them built upon the same foundation of Jesus Christ. My prayer to God and my commitment to you is to continue that faithful tradition handed down to us from the apostles and from Jesus Christ himself. I'm not coming here with some New design, some newfangled theory of ministry, or some revolutionary ideas. I'm here to keep building on the foundation that has been laid for us in Jesus Christ and to make sure that we as a church never move away from that foundation. To make sure that we don't go chasing after some other foundations, least of all ourselves, because it's not about us. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about the pastors who came before, or the pastors who will come after, it's all about Jesus. On the other hand, it is about us being faithful to the call God has placed upon each one of us and together building upon that one firm foundation of Jesus Christ. I pray that you will join with me in that good work. And to God be all the glory. Amen.